Hello, and welcome back to a, quite a belated episode of The Streaming Heap, because uh, regular listeners might realize uh, there wasn't an episode last week, because one of us was sick, and the other one was sick of life. Let's see if you can guess which one's which. <laughs> <laughs> the answer may surprise you. Um, and of course, my name is Lin. I'm your host. And uh, um, as usual, I have here with me my co-host, Eric. Hello. Um, and of course, we're going to be talking about Silo episode four and five this week, because like I said, we missed an episode last week. We apologize for that. Um, Eric, how are you feeling? You feeling better? I am feeling better. I'm not 100%, but I'm mostly there. I'm like 92%. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, that's fair. That's fair. That's fair. Um, And uh, to make up for it, uh, our next episode next week should be early. Is that what you're saying, Eric? Hopefully. Yeah. Hopefully hopefully I can get it done really early. Like maybe you can drop it on the the day of, but no promises because you never know with us. We are not reliable. Anyway, um, yeah, now things have settled down. Um, none of us died in a house fire. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Although one of us I, was, I it was call... touch and go there for a minute. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I shouldn't call back the conversation we made off, uh, off pod, <laughs> but uh, essentially, uh, uh, to reiterate, a uh, power plug I used to uh, like two feet from my head while I'm sleeping caught fire <laughs> while I was sleeping. So, yeah. <laughs> It's okay. It only melted the plug. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for some reason, Lynn won't let me record every single conversation we have. Although I would love to edit it all in so you could have all the context. It would be very important. <laughs> <laughs> the context for my insanity? Yes. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, this cliff note is online dating is hell. Job interviews are hard. And also I nearly burned down. <laughs> <laughs> That's the cliff notes. Um, if you need context. Um so getting back to this podcast of ours, um, we usually do talk about what we're watching, what we're playing, uh, yada, 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 shoot the shit. Uh, we're not going to do too much of that this week because uh, we have two episodes of Silo to tackle. The only thing I'll say is um, after listening back to my AI rant from last week, I am sorry, but also at the same time, I fucking called it because did you guys see the news this week? Some dumb opportunistic motherfuckers have come up with like oh this is the ai for writing in the middle of the writer's strike i told you this is where this was happening <laughs> i told yes. you you see the news i did yeah and i, I immediately thought of you <laughs> hmm. did you see the samples it's atrocious oh it's horrible <laughs> like it, this is not working we're, we're not ready for prime time yet <laughs> yeah yes yeah yeah and like um well i I don't know if listeners can tell from my voice, but I'm Asian. And so allow me to say this. It's always Asian engineers who is always fucking trying to take creativity and break it down into ones and zeros. Stop doing that. (laughs) I'm an American. All we do is shoot them, you know. technology we stopped shooting asian people in the 40s <laughs> <laughs> yes okay look i was just wondering okay early <laughs> riots wasn't a lot that long ago um, <laughs> okay so let's start with uh, episode four of silo how's that okay yes let's do this um 
because because I was lazy, um, this and in the solidarity of the rider strike, hey, that's how I'm gonna spin it. For the <laughs> in the solidarity with the rider strike, I didn't write a storyteller Lin segment. We're gonna have to co-opt. To, uh, talk through what happened this episode. What generally happened this episode is essentially a lot of flashbacks um, to um, Juliet's youth, correct? Yeah, well, I get flashbacks to uh, the last couple episodes of uh, The Peripheral <laughs> with all those damn flashbacks. Although the flashbacks in this are a little better. <laughs> True. Um, and it's about the um, essentially <laughs> Deputy Mods going on in Punisher mode. <laughs> He brings a whole new meaning to unhinged in this episode. Like, mm. goes nuts. Yeah. Yep. And we end on a a lot of politicking back and forth, and um, just a lot of character pieces on Sims, um, Sandy, Juliet, Bernard. Like, we can't quite place our finger on how deep into the conspiracy. Who's how deep into the conspiracy? Like, it's always unclear and I'm, I'm really liking that tone of this show so far it's frustrating because i want to know the answers <laughs> but it's good writing um <clears throat> so yeah uh and of course it, this end on a cliffhanger of it ends on multiple cliffhangers yeah yeah name them please i forgot okay. <laughs> <laughs> marnes was at gunpoint shotgun yep. point in his in his apartment mm -hmm. uh juliet had just pulled the literal plot thread to get to the the file that the sheriff had left her. Um, yep. Just opening it. And then yep. I feel like there was a third cliffhanger. Ah, I don't remember what it was off the top of my head. Oh, the digital camera. Oh, right. The digital camera. Yeah. That yep. Martha just turned to it and had an epiphany and plugged it into something. So, and then we just mm. cut to black, basically. Yep. Fair. Fair, fair, fair. Uh, okay. So let's talk about it. Let's um, let's start with the flashbacks first. Um, it's um, uh, Mr. Incel, um, Jorah Mormont. Uh, <laughs> was he being DH digitally? Uh, maybe a little bit, like he didn't seem as wrinkly, like, but his face didn't mm. look plastic. So, like, if it was DH, yeah. it was done really, really well. I suspect yeah. it might have just been makeup, honestly. Mm. Maybe it's like flash pool back clothing, paying at Homer Simpson style, <laughs> <laughs> maybe. <laughs> But whoever was in charge, if it was makeup, whoever was in charge of the makeup was not in charge of the wigs. Because that wig, holy crap, was that wig bad. <laughs> it was so distracting. I have terrible wig da. Well, I mean, I with terrible your hair. Wigda. I can never tell. <laughs> hey, hey. <laughs> Uncalled for. <laughs> Hit below the belt. <laughs> I'm just jealous. I, I I'm just jealous. Part of my hair is bright red. Uh, I have no hair. That's why he well, always gives. I have like the Picard. <laughs> I have the anime character. I am just a living stereotype. <laughs> it's asymmetrical too. I think it's cool. I like it. <laughs> Not everybody does. <laughs> um. Anyway, getting back to speaking of fictional hair. Um. Yeah, his hair's ridiculous. Um. He's not. I like the flashbacks enough because he's not awful. Like he's not, he's just like not coping realistically, right? He's not over the top being like, oh, I can't cope. He's just like generic, uh, like turned himself into uh, towards work. Um, can't really cope with the daughter, single father. No, I think the what writers, the, the writers did walk a very fine line between being just an out and out jerk 
and being relatable. Mm-hmm. I think he is kind of both. He's he is a jerk, but you can also kind of understand where he's coming from. Yeah. He's, he's basically broken. I mean, he doesn't know yeah. what to do. And mm. yeah, 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 yep. Leaving all this responsibility on on his daughter and his daughter having to deal with all this shit, having to go to recycling to drop off all of her mother and her brother's things after they're dead. And, you know, it's it's a toll. And she reacts as you would expect her to react. She runs away. And eventually the dad, a normal, happy, good father would not do this. But him sees a way out. He thinks, okay, I don't know how to do this. So maybe the best thing for her is to be a runaway to to have a life in the down low and yeah you know that's probably not the right decision but honestly i mean it worked out for her so (laughs) she is a little ball of anger resentment and um (laughs) personal (laughs) barriers she built for herself in this episode we see her i don't know if it worked out for her we walk (laughs) she walks by like where her father works like that level multiple times and looks at it but she never actually stops and talks to her father um, and I then, think at the beginning of the episode, she was con- contemplating going in. Yeah, she looked like the she way was she thinking about doing it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But is there any point to trying to reconcile that relationship? Because that relationship is dead. Like, if they haven't spoken since then, mm. well, he's a doctor, and the doctors in this world might know at least a level of the conspiracy. So maybe at some point he might get roped back into the story for him to share with her um, her worldview that isn't complete because it's... And he probably don't know everything either, but he might have some information to give her that will enlighten some stuff. Maybe even relate back to the suicide. I think I'll have more to say about that in the next episode because we get like a big drop in the next episode, like a, a big little tiny nugget of lore that I think really affects how we look at medicine in the silo mm. but we'll get to that mm. yeah okay um you didn't like the dialogue about fixing things i just thought it was too heavy-handed it was just too over the top like this is what i do i fix things and she and her father's like you're really good at that you're really good at fixing things and it's just i don't know it was repeated too many times and it's it felt a little clunky to me that she's a mechanic and she's really good at fixing things. And it just, it didn't really go anywhere for me. Like it's, it's a character trait. I, I mean, <laughs> it's a character trait. The writers are basically like forcing on us. Like it is there. Yes. But we don't need it explained to us. So unsubtly. Yeah. Okay. I'll give you that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'll give you that because I don't mind it because it's being told to us backwards. Like, like it's uh, she started as the person who's literally working on the heart of the silo, right? Yeah, like she does it. She didn't know how to keep her mom and her brother alive, but she dedicated her life works on keeping everybody else alive, and um, she kind of made herself indispensable, which was bad right like which was bad from the psychological point of view bad from redundancy point of view for the sake of the silo but that was her coping mechanism um this is the beginning of her journey from getting out of that like she gave up the 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 need um she have of like being indispensable and being the person who who fixes that uh, reactor um now she's on a like a personal journey to figure out um who killed her boyfriend Right. Um, we don't know if that will lead her somewhere more 
um, healthy, but we hope it would. And I feel like the dialogue, is, yeah, you're right. It is a bit, they repeat it a bit too much, but I think it's egregious because of the flashbacks. I think on the present time, they don't do it anymore, but I don't know. I even question if we really need these flashbacks. <laughs> well, like I, I had all my defenses up because of the peripheral and the, the horrible way flashbacks were used in that show. Um, and I, th- but like looking back on it, I can kind of see where they were going with it. And you know, I'm a fan of Lost, and every single episode of Lost is like this. <laughs> um, yeah. And I did think that there were some good like world building moments within the flashback, like being introduced to the recycling center that way. Um, I thought was really clever and really useful uh, going forward, like to understand how they recycle their resources like that, and that nothing truly belongs to anyone. That it eventually gets just put back into the machine. Um, and I liked that. Um, and yet the character work wasn't bad. It was just, it was just a bit much like, and the child actress who plays the young Juliet, she was really good. She got a lot of the same mannerisms. Um, so yeah, like, yeah, the kid actress was really good. Yeah. The kid actress was really good. Um, you know, you're going to hate this. I think the way they are representing this fixing things motifs, the season's going to end with something breaking un- in irreparably in the in the silo and they're going to reinforce that theme again i think well you're probably right like, yeah i'm not i wouldn't be surprised yeah. <laughs> i do think something yeah. is going to break yeah in a in like in a in like an irreparable way you know right and then they're going to they're going to say it again sometimes <laughs> things but you look look uh, the reason uh the fixing matter of that uh is because firefly already did it best you know <laughs> that episode uh <laughs> Um, I did like the uh, metaphor that while guess. she was busy fixing the chair, she'd totally forgotten about the eggs that were on the stove. And so like she started yes. a fire, like she's so obsessed yeah. with fixing things that she can let other things slide, you know? And I, I like, I appreciate yeah. that. That was a good visual yeah. metaphor. Sometimes things just break captain and there ain't no fixing them. <laughs> Kaylee said that. Lynn uh, for, for new listeners, Lynn is madly in love with Kaylee. So it's true. It's true. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's why I like Julia, because overall in Greece, that's, yep. Uh, <laughs> so the deputy man slash mayor. So I was way off. I thought it was, um, I could still be right. Um, I guess um, deputy man's for sure think mayor died from red poison. Right. It could be something else. Uh, there hasn't been any independent real um, confirmation that it was red poison. Like they started planting red poison because moms think it was red poison, and which made um, uh, Juliet think it was red poison. It could be red poison. It, it, there could be a reveal later that it wasn't red poison at all. It was something else because we still don't know who killed her. Like right. we have our suspicions, but I I think this conspiracy is layered. No, um, most definitely. Like we're gonna we're gonna see a lot more to it. And you're right. We don't know for a fact that it's rat poison. Marnes just basically railroaded right into that. Like like a yeah. like a like a cop who's been a cop for too long just gets it in their yeah. head that th- I've seen it a million times. Yeah. I've seen it this way. This is what it has to be. And so they just they yeah. lock in that thought and they can't escape it. They can't think of anything outside that little box. Um, yeah. And that's really yeah. common to old corrupt police officers. So- <laughs> I don't think Mars corrupt. He certainly is not a good cop. <laughs> as, we, as we learned this episode, uh, I, I do like the part where he gripped that chair too hard that it broke. <laughs> he like the shit out hand. of bonds. Right. <laughs> um, no, he cut, his hand, he cut his hand punching that guy. Oh, that's <laughs> right. He cut his hand punching the guy. <laughs> 
<laughs> now, this episode is interesting for Martin's because on one hand, it shows you how completely unhinged and violent the man can be and how much of a bad cop he is. And at the same time, is trying yeah. to humanize him. It's really a weird dichotomy. <laughs> Yeah, and that scene where he's just punching that dude in broad daylight in down an alleyway. Uh, I, I don't think it's even an alleyway. I think that's how big the streets are in Silo. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, uh, it's pretty funny because he's like, what are you guys looking at? Shouldn't you be at school? <laughs> Lunch. <laughs> that's a good scene. That's a good scene. Um, yeah, so what do you think about his relationship with Sims? Um, they, they obviously know each other really well. Like they're on a first name basis with each other. Um, and I don't even remember Deputy Martin's first name, but he did. <laughs> um, and it's clear that Sims tries a little bit to manipulate him, but Marnes knows better. Marnes doesn't fall for it. Um, and yeah. they basically just get drunk <laughs> or at least Marnes gets very drunk. Um, I don't know. I, 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 I like their relationship. It makes sense. And I can see it from... I can like Marnes is getting something out of Sims that is not the same thing that Sims is getting out of Marnes. Um, they're two very mm-hmm. different characters, but they come together in this like I don't know interesting relationship. I I kind of dig it. I wish I wish it didn't just end with Marnes dying so suddenly. <laughs> uh, we'll get to that when we get to that, and also we'll talk about the layers of conspiracies and stuff as we get more into it. But um, uh, yeah, it's it's kind of fascinating, and this show is laid in an interesting way um let's keep going um the punching bag scene is pretty funny uh, <laughs> uh it's so like, like obviously they try coded. To fake it out as yeah. if it's a potential suicide yeah it's yeah. so coded that way yeah, but yeah, yeah. i never bought i never thought of it yeah uh, it would never fool me for a second why would he be rolling up his mattress to commit suicide he was clearly making a punching bag right yeah <laughs> i didn't buy it either but um, I, I appreciated the the attempt to fake out <laughs> I didn't buy it because I didn't think it was in character. Uh, a lot of like he was not gonna, he wasn't gonna go to his grave yeah. with this unsolved. Like that wasn't gonna happen. He killed yeah. himself after maybe, yeah. but not if until after he's yeah exactly yeah exactly. Uh, okay, so um, him deciding to stick with Juliet, that wasn't like a big triumphant moment for me. I thought like I thought he was always fine with Juliet. It's just that him spiraling is kind of making him go what, uh, making him kind of be more adversarial to Juliet. I mean, the mayor chose her, for God's sake. He's going to respect the mayor's wishes. No, I think it was more important from the perspective of Juliet than it was from Marnes. Like, Marnes, yeah, yeah, like you said, he he was already going to trust her as far as he could. Um, But for Juliet to find an ally, like, no matter how, like, broken and unreliable this ally is, is it's like a lifeline for her. Um, And you can see that. Like she mm. grabs onto it, even though she knows this guy's, you know, spiraling bad. <laughs> mm. Mm. All right. Well, let's talk about our um, uh, our lady of the hour, um, Juliet. She, I don't know if she's uh, doing. She's doing the best she could. Juliet's doing <laughs> the best she could. Sometimes it's not great. <laughs> I love that scene where she shows up at the office and is con- immediately like confronted with the the secretary sandy who yeah, uh yeah. hates her and she hates her back yeah. um yeah. i just I, I i love that because it feels real because neither one of them is like on the top of their game and they're both kind of just like barbing at each other getting nowhere um it just establishes yeah. like a power dynamic and what i like about it is that juliet never backs down she never just 
she she goes all in she's like okay you want me to be a bitch i will be a bitch <laughs> like i i appreciated yeah. that yeah i mean they realistically setting juliet up as having her gods up but like i don't know it's it, i think it just comes from my personality and um i just don't like uh even if realistically i just don't like when characters are written as getting in their own way too much and uh, there's several moments in this episode where i'm like just be a little bit nicer juliet just just be a little bit nicer (laughs) (laughs) yeah but you know i mean she was immediately confronted with classism like right off the bat i don't know what you people eat down there you know yeah (laughs) her reaction was was that we eat children right um yeah I don't know. I thought yeah. you're right. Like it's it's annoying. Like you want her to be mm. nicer because you want the plot to move forward. But at the same time, I don't think she would get in, she would get anywhere if she was nice. Like she would not have been able to accomplish what she accomplishes in the next episode if she had been nice. yes. This uh, these two episodes, um, especially the second one, is very good at developing her as clearly quite competent. Though. Yeah, um, that's good. That's good. It was well written. Um, <laughs> But not Tim Robbins. Uh, I I like how whenever we meet him from now on, he's slightly drunk. <laughs> well, in the next episode, especially, but in this one, yeah, he's a yeah, little drunk. Yeah, <laughs> and um, he's such a prick. He's so passive aggressive. I love it. Um, in this episode, he's he, like he and Juliet have a confrontation, and Juliet like bitches about how he accused her of stealing tape. And she yeah. totally did. <laughs> like he's yeah. actually right. It's annoying. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She's like, I appropriated it. That's just another word for stealing. <laughs> <laughs> like he's being he's being over the top, calling it stealing because it's not like he took she took it and sold it. Like she needed it, but he just didn't want to give it to her. Right. But he's also she's also being disgenuine by saying, I appropriated it. Like you're both dicks. <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah uh we also learned that they bury people makes sense um and they even like they even built a little like a nice thing myth around it they became fertilizer for the plants yeah that's that's in the next episode but yeah in this one they just talk about it like that they're gonna bury the mayor yeah yeah it just surprised me at first like that they they go all in with that because uh, in a confined system, it's it's a lot easier to think of them like cremating people or just like recycling people in in a far more grisly way than burying them. But here it makes it, and it seems like it's a ceremonial thing. They don't bury everybody; they just bury like really important people. So yeah. Um, where? Well, I mean, they don't. I don't think they have enough land in that. No, they definitely don't have yeah. enough land to bury everybody. Yeah. And if they did, yeah. that would eventually be toxic. Yeah. <laughs> we get introduced to Lucas. Um, his function doesn't become clear until later, but do you think he's being set up as a potential next love interest for our girl Juliet? Maybe, but I kind of hope he, not. He, uh, well, he looked quite similar to the tech guy that died. I'm like, Juliet, you have a type. <laughs> I think um, he's clearly also. I think he's the light, the line into like the deep rebellion. Like, I think he's trying to recruit her into their cause. Like that's that's how oh, really? I see okay. it. Yeah, I think that he's like a representative of some underground group. I just I I don't know. I just think he's gonna be a love interest. Um, and also like the the way that he introduced himself, and uh, he he immediately recognizing Juliet's name coming from a play. Um, as as much as Juliet has her guard up, you can tell that impressed her. 
Um, yeah, and he was also testing her. Like, he, like from my perspective, I thought he was testing her because he was saying things, and then he even said, "Is that something I can get arrested for?" And she's like, "I don't know." So, like, it felt to me like he was seeing how far he could push her. Okay, okay. For what I'm learning from this reading is, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm trusting and a romantic, and you're paranoid. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Uh, uh, okay, so Romeo and Juliet illusion illusions, right? This yeah, but obviously like it can't be. Talking... It can't be the actual Romeo and Juliet. Like it's it's got to be something else. Um, well, but... for one thing, Juliet's name is spelled wrong. Like That's they true. keep saying she's named after Juliet, but that Juliet's names are spelled different. But I think, uh, and they, he also said rumor is that it's written by somebody in the rebellion, a rebel, right? Um, yeah, so I presume it, it, uh, the guy is just recalling the original Romeo and Juliet play, and it also makes sense that the play would not be performed anymore. Like they very heavily implied it's because of the suicides. Did you catch? Did you catch that? Did you I get didn't that catch that at all. I I don't I don't I don't know where you got that. But well, think about it. It's she's named Juliet because it's her mom's favorite play, and her mom's also committed suicide. Oh, I see what you're saying. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. But I mean, obviously, they and can't be the star-crossed said, lovers because oh, they don't even know what stars are. So, <laughs> right. <laughs> well, I mean, we don't know what what corrupted state the play is in now, anyway, because of they can't even spell Juliet right. <laughs> but if they still have the suicide, because the guy even implied that, like, it's not, it's not, um, it's not performed uh, uh, anymore either up top uh, much for obvious reasons. And I was thinking, like. The reason they keep mentioning that play multiple times, like obviously they're referencing something we would know, and they have to be Romeo and Juliet, right? And then I think it's because like they're implying that, yeah, like this part of the thing about you know they they wouldn't want to talk about suicide as an option, you know, like um, that play that does kind of I wouldn't say glorify, but at least it kind of uh, I don't know, like it. It romanticizes it, says, it, says, it to, to a certain Yeah, order. romanticize. Yes, hundred yeah. percent. Yes. So I thought that was a good hint. And um, just and to also be like, that, just to be clear, Romeo and Juliet is like a it's a it's a mythology, and it is it's predates Shakespeare by centuries. Yeah. <laughs> so like yeah, this is like Tristan a is old story that is constantly being retold in one way yeah. or another. So like it's yeah. possible that what they think of as the play that has Juliet in it is some variation on that theme. So yeah. You can still think of it as Romeo and Juliet and not be entirely wrong. Right, right, right. Uh, and um, and the, the reason they nailing it, keep mentioning it in relation to Juliet is I think it's an illusion that we're supposed to get, right? That's, right. that's my takeaway on this. No, I, I think um, I agree and, with but that. It yeah. also, uh, but it also shows that like even before the rebellion, um, human, like human people in the silos' knowledge were already kind of corrupted. You know, like it, of course. It, it wasn't up to scratch anymore. It, it wasn't just that they earned, they burnt all the books, and then 140 later, years later, we don't remember anything. Like first, first of all, we still don't know how long they've been in this fucking silo. We don't know what happened before 140 years. You know. Um, yeah, and my anyway, my uh, suspicion is has it's been a lot longer than 140 years. Oh yeah, well. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if it has been thousands of years, right? Which yeah. does bring in the element of like, uh, like, would the silo have lasted that long before entropy took over? You know? I think it's possible, and like, we're definitely at the end stages of it. Like, this is late stage silo, so yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, the uh, 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 alternative name we considered for the streaming heap was the slow radicalization of <laughs> Eric by one <laughs> lit. <laughs> No, I'm just like the the mouse training the uh, the the scientist. I'm just slowly modifying you, and you don't realize it because you think you're modifying me. <laughs> <laughs> Look, one of us is going to teach the other how to make a Molotov cocktail. Um, I think we'll just discover we both already know. <laughs> yeah. Um, so the flowers thing keep being brought up. It's probably to cover up like a camera in the mirror or something, right? Something like that. I don't, I, yeah, maybe like if the flowers are big enough, they're like touching the mirror. And, you know, if you mm. touch a mirror and you, your fingers actually touch each other, that means it's a one way mirror, that kind of thing. Um, but I don't know. I honestly don't know. Mm. Um, well, I don't know. The, I, the, I don't think these guys understand mechanics of mirrors and reflections they don't even know what fucking stars are if anybody does uh, it would be the engineer it would be the mechanic like she would know how mirrors work mm. wouldn't she i mean she fixes things all yeah, the time true. there's gotta be mirrors down there <laughs> true but mirrors are one of the few things once it got broken there ain't no fixing them eric <laughs> metaphors um uh, so that file that she pulled out, uh, there's not much in there that we've seen. Even she was confused. She was like, "Why did why did he hide this?" Like uh, later in the second episode, she was like, "There's nothing in there. I didn't already know." Yeah, it's kind of frustrating. But that, like they dangle this literal plot thread in front of you, and it drops in her lap as a cliffhanger. And then in the beginning of the next episode, she's like, "Yeah, this is nothing." Like, what? What was the point of that then? Like, there's obviously something in there that she's missing something important that she didn't notice or is hidden away or something there's useful information in there she just didn't see it that's my suspicion but i i don't know well let's just talk about it now i think this happened in the later episode the thing they bring our attention to it is the interrogation that we've already seen i don't think we caught the whole thing the first time but here it is in text form about the watch he said he bought it for himself and they also highlighted the word alone i right. think what's going to happen is um i think uh i think the sheriff um, the guy who went for a little walk up tall pulled that threat where he said he bought it and then tried to find out where he bought it from and in uncovered an underground people like uh, there's obviously a black market for relics it's been mentioned multiple times who have a lot more knowledge that he may have connected with things he already know and found out a way uh, deeper truths than we've already been presented with that's why he decided to take a walk no but he clearly know there will be a lot more uh flashbacks to uh what holston discovered i imagine he clearly knowed more than we know as audience already for sure um, <clears throat> but i think what where this clue is going to lead is Juliet is going to follow the same thread and going to maybe through Lucas or maybe through this file going to discover that there, there is an underground network. There is maybe a slow rebellion. Like you said, like you mentioned like how there will be a counterculture. There will be a rebellion brewing. It's not realistic if there isn't. And I'm saying, I bet there is. We're just going to find out about it later. I think they're just a lot more hidden because by necessity they would have to yeah. be. Yeah. 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 Uh, okay, so um, you want to talk about the dangling plot threats at the end of this episode before we move into episode five? I was really surprised nobody mentioned the glitch, like from the previous episode where we saw the green in the screen, the glitch that you took so much issue with. Um, so was that yeah. really just for us and not for the story? <laughs> <laughs> like, 
If so, that is annoying, and I will I will start to go uh, down your nitpicky road. <laughs> I think someone will like talk about it. Someone will notice it, but uh, uh, not until later. I imagine. Right. Uh, yeah. So uh, the question so, uh, I had was: Was Marnes the actual target of the assassination that took out the mayor? Um, they clearly want us to think it is. Like they even talk about the bottle switching, and apparently Bernard doesn't know about that because Bernard never leaves his level, um, which I just think says more about but, Bernard. But not, yeah, I don't but think Bernard, Bernard didn't poison them. No, I don't think Bernard yeah. poisoned them. I just think it was it was yeah. a it was an interesting note about his character that he wouldn't know about the bottles. Um, yeah, but and who, whoever poisoned it or might already know about it. Yeah, exactly. So like if. If Marnes was the target, I feel like it would have to be somebody who didn't know about the bottles. But I think most people in the silo know about the switching of bottles. Um, so I don't think Marnes was the actual target. I think the mayor really was the target. And Marnes became a target after that. So Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I think this is all about Nicole's Nic uh, Juliet. I think it's all about stopping Juliet from becoming the sheriff. Absolutely. Yeah. And punishing the, the mayor for... For you know, trying yeah. to do something against judicial, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Like, I they they really have built a good air of um, um, conspiracy and mystery and Par paranoia. Paranoia, yeah, yeah, yeah. for sure. Yeah, because <laughs> I'm as paranoid as the characters are now. I'm like, I don't trust anything, any or anyone. Um, like and people are seem to be into the uh, conspiracy at different levels. We'll discuss that at the end of episode five. Yeah, um, the yeah. digital camera uh, thing. Well, we we didn't really revisit that in episode five, except something about um, circuitry and magnifications. I was honestly um, kind of annoyed that we didn't get more info in the next episode. That like it was just that she saw that there were things in there that were too small to see, like. Yeah. Really? That's that's what you considered progress and that's what you wanted to bring Juliet all the way down to the bottom for? Like that I thought maybe you saw some footage on the thing. <laughs> like it didn't seem like exactly. she really made any progress. See, that that reveal no, that reveal was a lot more important to us right. than to them as characters. So the show has been doing that sometimes a little bit, like it conflate and kind of uh, um brush over what would be important to the characters and what would be important to the audience because the thing we find out as audience that is really important is the two things about the pact but they would have already known <laughs> yeah. Juliet doesn't because she doesn't read the damn thing but, yeah. anyway <laughs> she tries a few times we're already talking about episode 5 so let's, let's uh, pause for a second episode five okay so what happened in episode five well i was convinced that mars was gonna fucking survive it was just a typical uh, <laughs> goddamn, uh tv show cliffhanger but no he got his face freaking caved in and now there's another murder to solve and i know this is the this show is playing a cheap trick this show is playing a cheap trick, but it really works. What they're doing is they're giving us big picture mysteries. And when we are 
suitably frost by doing answers they're like oh they are more sets of mysteries which is quickly answered and then we do get that satisfaction you know <laughs> of mysteries being solved but these are the new mysteries they introduce there's still big questions that they won't <laughs> tell us anything about but that is how you write a good long-form fiction about mystery yeah if you're gonna make a long-form <laughs> mystery that's how you have to do it yeah <laughs> yeah yes so New murder uh, uh, mystery, uh, which is quickly solved, um, but uh, the solving of it raises more questions like who knew what and when? As an American, um, you're familiar with those kind of questions? <laughs> <laughs> yes, <laughs> intimately so. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's not get political. <laughs> anyway, I think um... it's way too late for that. <laughs> We've already talked about Molotov cocktails. <laughs> Uh, okay, so yeah, Paul Billings. Yeah, we meet a couple of people that have been talked about in the episode, in episodes prior that we finally actually see, like Paul Billings. He was the guy that the judicial wanted to be the new uh, sheriff. And so he's now Juliet's deputy. Um, yeah. And Juliet doesn't know if she can trust him. We, the audience, don't know if we can trust him. Um, and the audience, the, the show kind of plays with you a little bit by like showing him go to judicial, but not like saying, yeah. or not showing what he actually talked about, you know, things like that. Yeah. Just to tease us along to make us think that he's a bad guy when he's yeah. maybe not a bad guy. We still don't actually know the answer to that question. Um, I think, I think we know, I think the show is trying to have his cake and eat it too. I don't think this is guy is a bad guy. I think this guy think uh, this guy is the kind of person who think, um, something like the Patriot Act is necessary, but if, if, if uh, any of the CIA conspiracies turned out to be real, he wouldn't like it. I think that's the kind of line he that's the kind of line this guy is crossing. Like he No, he's definitely like a true believer in the pact. And yeah, yeah. You can tell that like he's he's his character, as we've been explained before we ever met him, he started in law enforcement and then went into over to judicial. So he has he has an extra respect for law and order that kind of yeah. plays into his character and, and makes it make sense that he doesn't really he doesn't play the political game as much as he's concerned about everything going correctly, every, everybody following the rules, you know, basically. Yeah. And after this episode, I understand why Judicial would want it, even though he's not completely their man. Because they, he is their man enough. He know enough of the inner workings enough to work with them, and he think they are they are necessary. But at the same time, the he would he would have a genuine air of authenticity that you can't be faked or bought. Like because the sheriff is a um, a PR position as well as anything else. Because uh, as soon as Holston um, did the walk, see how nervous everybody got. It's ten thousand people, one sheriff. It is a figurehead you know so i can really see why they will pick paul billing and i know and, and i think, I think he's that, a good guy deep down i think the most important thing for judicial is that he's predictable like as yeah. they very clearly explain in this episode i think sandy's actually the one who says it all judicial cares about is order and maintaining order yeah. and somebody as stable yeah. as and as a as a true believer as billings is yeah. makes perfect sense for sheriff of yeah. completely yeah. unknown quantity x factor lunatic like juliet is not what judicial yeah. wants <laughs> yeah and judicial is right like juliet is a fucking will <laughs> not predictable we love her for it but... 
Um, because, yeah, the last thing we, the audience, I, want is, like, order and not any chaos or anything interesting happening. That's the last thing we want. Um, so, Bennett, uh, this is an episode where he's just drunk all the time. He's I like, I'm in this for in. a few months. I'm just going to drink all of Major, Major Jazz boots. He basically That's has two scenes. That's the way he pulled two plus. <laughs> In the first scene, he's like, I'm going to start drinking. Yeah. And then in the last (laughs) scene we see him in, he's fucking trashed. I think the entire episode, he was in that office just drinking away the whole time. (laughs) A man after my own heart. (laughs) And, and, oh God, Tim Robbins fucking nailed it. (laughs) It was so good. And then, okay, we do see him one other time during the funeral where he delivers that funeral speech that is really awkward and he's not really good at delivering it and you can't tell if he's yeah. really joking or if he's just making really stupid faux pas like the whole we don't know if anybody can fill yeah. her shoes but you know not her literal shoes yeah. because her feet were rather small yeah. you know shit like that you can't tell if that's a joke or if he's just like vomit wording word vomit out of his mouth you know <laughs> in general i think if you're at a funeral don't make jokes no don't <laughs> joke at a funeral just don't Ah. <laughs> uh. Yep. Uh, um, uh, but uh, Juliet did step up and um, took the helm, um, you know? Yeah, and again, uh, at the Ju- funeral, like, I, I think that she delivered it a little stilted, a little awkward, but she still, like, expressed what her character believes um, in a very efficient way of saying that, like, what the mayor and Marnes were both working for the silo, just like all of us, we're all pieces of this silo and we all work to put it to keep it alive, to keep it running. So she's making this pitch for, you know, all kinds of class unity from the top to bottom, everybody working together for the common good. Um, I don't think that she's ready to understand that that's not how the silo actually works, but you see, you're starting to get a a hint at what she actually does believe beneath all of her cynicism, beneath all of her jadedness. Like, this is what she believes. Yeah. Well, she's... uh... Her whole backstory, the reason we're getting them at all is she is one of the few people in the silo that are not just concerned with survival. She wants everybody to survive. She she really has a chip on her shoulder that her her family died, uh, committed suicide, and she wants to be able to uh, be, um, keep them alive. Uh, You know, keep everybody alive. Yeah. Um, And in a lot of ways, maybe that's what judicial believes also, but their methods might differ. <laughs> I think we're going to get like you know, a, a, a conflict between people who think that the ends justify the means versus the people who don't, you know, like any yes. t- any good, yeah. good versus evil story gets there. You know, that that's important. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, unless you can shoot lightning from your hands and, and then otherwise it's fine. <laughs> well, that's like, different, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, you'd be evil if you could shoot lightning from your eye. So, morality no longer applies to you. <laughs> you have lightning hands, bitch. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, good, good speech, good speech from Juliet. Um, <laughs> didn't end well, but yeah. <laughs> well, like I said, it was still awkward. It was still in character. Like, yeah. she would not be good at giving yeah. speeches, yeah. but she still manages to yeah. deliver one completely off the cuff. Like, I yeah. don't think she was expecting to be called on at any point. No. Yeah. <laughs> no, I think, but, but that fucked up and he's like, I don't want to do two speeches. <laughs> <laughs> Julia, I want to say something Please about take moms. over. I'm done. 
<laughs> okay, so uh, something that was mentioned this episode, the syndrome. Oh, well, first I wanted to talk about the actual ceremony just a little bit. Um, oh, they, sure. they they like bite an apple and put it into the, the grave before they bury everybody. Um, I really like it. I think it's a really interesting way of, of showing the nature of the silo and the belief system yeah. of the silo, basically. Yeah. Um, also, and I, I promise I won't bring this up a lot, but I did do research, as I said, on how to make a sustainable biosphere that is completely self-contained. Yeah. And I did learn that apple yeah. trees are one of the most um nutrient efficient plants out there that can be edible like um okay. if you're gonna plant crops in a closed system apple trees are great so like whoever you know hugh howie howie hugh howie probably read the yeah. same thing i did so yeah <laughs> nice um you get sick of apple after a while <laughs> i would imagine yeah <laughs> maybe that's why they it. like just biting it apple pie, it you can pickle them I say this drinking a snapple. Not another so, fucking you know. apple. <laughs> <laughs> There's no apple in the snapple. Well, this is apple flavored snapple. <laughs> so uh -huh. yeah, okay, the syndrome. Uh, okay, so let's. It's like some kind of like disease miners would get, right? Um, he got the shakes. He's got the shakes. That could be a couple of different things. My mind instantly went to prion diseases, which is basically what you get from eating other people's brains. But that's probably not what it is. It's probably is more of like a miner's disease. Like, um, you're right. Yeah, I, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go ahead and say there's not gonna be a cannibalism <laughs> subplot here, even though they made they made a couple of jokes about it last week. Uh, <laughs> humans are pretty uh, poor resources in this, so I don't think they'd be eating each other. Although, I also, since we're control, on this I episode, know. I also wanted to say that a syndrome like that, if there's like a bacterial infection, they wouldn't know that because they don't have microscopes. They don't know about bacteria. Yeah. They can't, right? Mm, yeah. That magnification. Oh, we'll, we'll talk to that in a little yeah, bit. Yeah, we'll talk about that. Um, we'll okay. I just wanted to bring it up here. <laughs> okay, well, let's push this down to later. Uh, let's talk about listeners uh, slash friends of the silo. Uh, what did you think about that? Um, well, I think it, remi it reminded me a lot of John Wick. <laughs> um the idea that there are people you don't see invisible people you know like mm -hmm. um why why is it reminding you of john wick when the much better touchstone is sherlock holmes and the, <laughs> the baker, baker street, street irregular yes. yeah. because i'm trying to stay modern and hip with the the kids <laughs> <laughs> there, there is literally a show that is recently got canceled called The Irregulars about yeah, the Baker Street Irregulars. <laughs> My mind also I, went I to like the vaguely racist uh, Spanish prisoner uh, movie where they talk about Japanese tourists and how nobody notices the Japanese tourists and stuff like that. Like just the idea that there are people in the background that you just kind of write off, like people that you see but don't really see. And I think that that's that's yeah. what we're getting at here. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's why it's also like janitorial, you know? Right, right. <laughs> I think yeah. that's what really got my brain uh, working in that direction. Yeah, yeah. Uh, good good idea, though. Like, uh, listeners has been mentioned before, right? I uh, think so, yeah. Somebody said it before. Yeah. yeah. But I don't remember. Yeah, we'll discuss context. it at the end. But the, we'll discuss it at the end. But the conspiracy is kind of coming together, the way it operates. Right. Uh, okay, so... So um, the the mystery. Let's talk about the mystery and how Juliet solves it. Uh, it it's because Sandy helps. Like she she 
despite all of her guards, uh, she when good information came her way, she took them. She took them from Sandy. She took them from Billings, despite her trust issues. So she's starting to realize that she needs a team. Um, she kind of does because she had friends down in mechanical. She's not like a complete lone wolf. But um, uh, the same thing with uh, Hicks, well, as as it? the uh, as Hank. the one as the yeah. one deputy says. Um, you know, yeah. you you can do anything you put your mind to, but you can't do it alone. And I think that's yeah, the heck, theme of the yeah. whole episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so um, the fact that um, that was the wrong house is uh, quite <laughs> integral to the plot. But it is funny that the right people keep showing up in front of the wrong house at the <laughs> right time for them to meet in front of the wrong it house. Is- Kind of convenient. If you really yes. think about it, yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> if you really think about it, when he was knocking on that door, the husband shows up uh, to meet Mons and uh, uh, Juliet. Why is he there? He doesn't live there anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, happens again as well. Maybe he just lives on the same level and works on the same level, and it's just like on his path. But it is very convenient. Very convenient. <laughs> It happens again when Julia's come back there on his own because the guy who, um, oh, the guy who's like he doesn't live there anymore is also like just somebody who just knows that fact. It's also walking <laughs> past. <laughs> uh, you can forgive the last one because I presume by the last one happened, it's just Julia staking deliberately staking out that house to catch, uh, who that dumb fuck that got pushed off. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean like What's it was clever uh, that uh, it, it showed you. The inside of this apartment, and it, there was still women's clothing there, yeah. and the the evidence was way too neat. So, like instantly, you, the audience, or at least I did, thought, "There's no way this is real. This is this is obviously planted." And I'm I'm so glad Juliet thought exactly the same thing. <laughs> um, but the whole twist yeah. that he didn't even live there, that he had moved out, and some old couple lived there apparently. Um, and the judicial just didn't yeah. know that because the paperwork wasn't filed properly or yeah. whatever. Yeah. I, I thought that was clever. I really did. Um, it was neat. Yeah. Was was Juliet there when um, when uh, Mons confronted Sims about the information on his list being wrong? I don't think Juliet was there. No, she wasn't because she needed to. She needed to internalize that information as well because she even said something to the, along the line of once again, sometimes this show does fudge a little bit with what characters yeah, know and what she the learned that knows. she learned that later from the guy, uh, Kennedy, because she went to go see him. She asked maintenance where he would be, and she found him like painting the wall, and he's you know telling her that yeah, but but her line she... is clearly a callback to the line Mon says earlier about judicial didn't know that did she because uh, because like if you want the, if you want um, data lost give it to data management you know? <laughs> I don't she think wasn't she... there for it but her I line I don't think her, her line, line was, was a like deliberate callback. callback to that I don't think so I think it's just like common knowledge in the silo that bureaucracy sucks that like you know data's gonna get lost like I don't I don't think I don't see a conflict there Okay, fair enough, fair enough. I, I just I was just a little bit skeptical. I'm like, you weren't there for the conversation. <laughs> <laughs> um uh, anyway, um uh, that guy, the the spook that's supposed to be shadowing um Sims, he's not great. No, he, he could he have made sucks. up an excuse. No, as he, soon he... as she as soon as she accused him of like, oh, you about you planted the uh, um evidence in the wrong thing. Why the fuck did he run? He's like, 
what I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, like, exactly. I'm here on a different. <laughs> I mean, they've already set him up to be kind of a dumbass because, like, when you first meet him, yeah. uh, Sims is already like talking to him yeah. about the pact and all that shit. And then Billings walks in and he's like, "That guy, really? Yeah. That guy's going to be your yeah. shadow?" <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So yeah. he's already like I a think notorious. Billings dumbass. also thinking he's a thug. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And clearly a thug. And like, um. That that thing also goes to show that oh Billings might not be like a like a deep into the conspiracy. He might actually believe in like the the line and stuff, you know. Like he's obviously cool with the spying, but he clearly isn't cool. I I don't think he'd be cool with the murders. No, and he even says in this episode that there are oh. things that judicial does that he doesn't agree with because it's not in the pact. It's not explicitly in the pact. Um, and I like that the pact itself is basically like a bible. They talk about it like it's the Constitution or something, but it's a freaking Bible. The thing is yep. huge. <laughs> yep. Well, it's huge, but it's also a small size. So I wonder. Yeah. Well, know. like a Bible, it can be like handheld, but it can also like just have like hundreds and hundreds of pages. Fair enough. Also, I want to point out that that guy, his name is um, uh, Douglas Trumbull, and that name, if you're into sci-fi movies like I am. That name is obvious. That's Douglas Trumbull. He's a science fiction legend. He's a he's an effects guy. Uh, he did the effects for 2001, Close Encounters, yada, yada, yada. He's directed a couple movies, including Silent Running, which is one of my favorites. And he's a big dude. And he just died like last year. So I think naming a character uh, after okay. him was kind of the show playing homage to him. Okay. Well, they didn't. But why would name... they why would they pick the dumbass? though? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and the, like not just a dumbass, like a dick, <laughs> like a murdering dick. <laughs> <case. laughs> um, okay, uh, before we get back to the conspiracy and the uh, murdering dick, um, let's talk about the stars and return of Jacob. Again, they keep planting Jacob like he's going to be important later, and we don't really mm. know why yet. Um, mm. And yeah, he's like drawing the stars, and he's figuring out that they move in a circle, um, and he doesn't understand that. He doesn't even know what they are. Mm. It bothers me that nobody else has noticed lights in the sky at night. Like, does nobody look at the screen at night ever? Like, I know that they well, say that they're not because it's empty. They do know? say that like, down at the bottom, it's it's not as clear. They can't see it as well. But I, I question that from what we've seen so far in the show. But also, also, how, do, how does that even work? It's the same fucking camera. It's the same fucking feed. Yeah, exactly. Um, Unless yeah. they deliberately like break things a little bit down low which makes yeah, kind of yeah. it does kind of make sense but yeah. i also as the devil's advocate for myself i will say it they they do make it a point in the previous episode to point out that it's illegal to stay past the like last call for dinner or whatever and that like nobody yeah. should be there um yeah. so so yeah maybe maybe nobody looks out there and sees the stars i mean if if you want to stop people from dreaming keep them from seeing the stars that kind of makes sense but if the feed's already artificial, why have the stars at all? Damn it. Is it artificial? Is it artificial? Yes, of course it's artificial. It's to some degree. <laughs> <laughs> they can clearly like it's change things thing. in the image. So they could clearly change the sky if they wanted to. That's easy. I could do that with After Effects. <laughs> but he's, they said the skies are, um, the stars are moving. It could be the thing that people who are creating the conspiracy itself kind of don't know what they're doing, you know? They, yeah, they might not. They might not have enough knowledge to actually do things, you know? Like, know this that's just, the problem with societal decay, yeah. Something about this just really bugs me. Like, I was fine with them not knowing what birds were. That made sense to me. But not knowing what stars are when everybody can see them, that 
I don't know. That bugs me. That doesn't seem right to me. It seems a little too far fetched. Can everybody see them though? Uh, maybe, uh, maybe, maybe it's realistic to an extent uh, because, like, maybe like the, the, the realistic as in like the 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 image that is being shown is like being filtered and manipulated. But maybe the stars are realistic to an extent, and it used to be like foggier or something. You know, like it maybe. used to be worse, and the the, the people well, who are covering it up don't know enough to cover it up now. Okay, playing devil's advocate for myself again, it did just get cleaned. Yeah. Like it wasn't cleaned True. until like just like a week ago, right? So maybe True. they couldn't see the stars for a really long time because it was all smudgy. I don't know. I don't know. But uh what is he figuring it out? He's figuring out that they're moving, but they're moving in like a weird way, right? They're moving the way he's figuring it out, they're moving as if the center of the stars is just off the the view. Like it, it they're moving well, the way he the way he describes it if you're on a pole right if you're near the pole that's that's what yeah. that's what i was getting yeah. at yeah like and the, yeah. that image he shows on the chalk of how he's been outlining the w yeah. constellation looks like a, yeah. yeah like you're near the pole so yeah maybe the yeah. silo's near a pole maybe it's so, in antarctica or some shit but why would it be well, green then i mean something terrible warming. has happened yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um um yeah uh, mm. It could just be like a rotated screen. Like uh, the stars could be fade. Is all I'm saying. Like the yeah, it could be, be like, like a, a big it could just be a cycle. Yeah. yeah, it could be. Yeah, yeah totally. It could Maybe still that's be. That's what he's figuring. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so race for the top. Uh, we don't know what the forgiveness holiday is gonna be yet. <laughs> it um, sounds like the purge. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was <laughs> don't don't purge in the silo. God, <laughs> that's a bad idea. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I'm conflicted the on what's kind of. I'm conflicted yeah, on these because, like, yeah, yeah, it's world building and and you kind of kind of expressing new ideas within the silo and how people live their lives in the silo. But at the same time, it's obvious these are just setups for the set dressing for the moment, like for scenes yeah. to happen. Like, I really, really like the action scene in this episode that takes place during the race to the top. But obviously the race to the yeah. top was just in the story for that reason and no other reason. Like there's no other explanation for the race to the top except for some throwaway line that we need something to show some unity in the silo, blah, 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 blah. I don't buy it for a second. It's obviously just written in for an action scene. It's a good action scene. Yeah. But it's just written in for that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And also like for a race, uh, you know, location with 10,000 people there was like seven contestants <laughs> <laughs> well can you imagine running up that many flights of stairs what is it, like 144 right four, yeah uh, yeah they must have thunder thighs yeah. man there's just no way <laughs> no yeah. fucking way although like uh, juliet wanted two days off to go down to the bottom i'm like it's 144 stairs like like, well, I yeah, I mean, like the, the like three, Hank, or, three or four rests, you can do it in like two, three hours. I think. Yeah, Hank did it in one day, up and down. I yeah. think she wanted two days yeah. because obviously she wanted to do other things. Um, yeah, but still, she she asked a drunk dude for two days off. He's not going to think about it too hard. <laughs> yeah, yeah, this is true. Uh, <laughs> um, okay, so um, let's talk about um, the murder, which now ties directly into what level of conspiracies are we looking at? Uh, because um, Sims uh, may so far is the only person who's still left alive that has been um, openly proven to be villainous. To which extent, we don't know yet. 
but he's like he, he murders a guy <laughs> and he's implied to be behind the murders of multiple people so fuck um this so scene where he kills his, uh, this monologue. scene where he kills yeah. Trumbull um yeah. it's really cliche it's really obvious what's happening and you know where it's going yep um yep. and on a rewatch you notice little things like the whole thing with the note he says he you know, take, yeah. give it back, gives it back to him, makes him put it back in his own yeah. pocket because yeah. he knows he's going to use it. He said, oh, this will work. Um, yeah. But still, I really, really like it. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's like just the delivery, Commons performance. Just There's just something about yeah. it that is perfect to me. And I love it. Um, even though yeah. it's it's over the top villainy, like this guy just given an obvious speech, like I'm going to kill you now. But he says he takes like 300 words to get there. Um <laughs> I love it. I really love it. And he's like using his own pride against him. He's like telling him, okay, you can be my shadow. And I promise yeah. that blah, blah, blah. And then throws him off. You know, it's, it's, it's really good. Yep. I love it. <laughs> it is a good scene. Um, especially when he's like, are you going to do everything you can to protect the silo? The guy's like, yes. I'm like, don't fall for that shit. You dumbass. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So important things that he talk about the whole janitorial thing, which is the janitorial clause that he comes out of, right? Yeah, what's behind the um, door? Yeah. I think there's a, I think there's a, another, okay, the silo is completely circular, right? Yeah. The way it works as a panopticon is, um, because that's what, what a panopticon is supposed to be, a completely circular room, but the observation is supposed to come from the middle, right? It's supposed to come that's from the That's where the guard tower is supposed to right. be. And the center... In the center, there is a staircase, which is, we see people there all the time. Judicial is, have people there, like, observing. Whatever judicial is, like, peeking at somebody is always from towards the center or the ramp going to the center, right? That makes sense. But another layer we're thinking of that we're not really thinking of is, what if there's another layer behind what we think is the outer wall is of the silo? What if there's another layer? That could make sense, I guess. Like, if it is some kind of weird population experiment or you know if there are aliens you know that's where they would be yeah well i i just think that's what judicial is using to observe people properly i think that's yeah because every single um every single accommodation would have something at the wall wouldn't it or have we seen accommodation that are more in the center i'm not 100 percent I'm not 100% either. I don't, I don't think there was anything. I mean, there are like wi- w- really weird windows everywhere. Um, yeah. That have light shining through and you don't really see what's yeah. behind them. Um, yeah. And there are mirrors, but yeah, I don't know. There are yeah. some, there are some locations that seem very closed off, like um, young Juliet's apartment when she lived with her father was pretty closed off, but there were multiple rooms. Um, True. I don't know. True. I don't know. Uh, but anyway, um, janitorial is a um, you know they clean up the trash. Ha ha ha! That's uh-huh. pretty funny. <laughs> um, su- super super spy thingy, and uh, they, it did confirm confirm what we um, thought as well. Like it, it, even the conspiracy levels are also being passed down from uh, generation to generation, father to son, which makes sense. How there is now a class system emerging as those people you know go to right. the top, and the rest go to the bottom. Um, um, and something else he said is, "You fucked up with George Wilkins." Yeah, he he tells Trumbull, "You fucked up twice. You fucked up with, you know, uh, Marnes, but you also fucked up with George Wilkins." So clearly, this Trumbull guy was behind what happened to George Wilkins three years ago, or however long ago yeah. it was. Um, yeah. So what was and, that? <laughs> uh, 
And what does he mean you fucked up with Mons? Was he not supposed to kill Mons? Or was he supposed to kill Mons, but he just didn't do it well? So, like, I'm just saying there's wiggle room, right? My theory is that he was supposed to make it look like a suicide. But he just fucked up and fought him and then bashed his head in. And you can't really fake a suicide with a bashed in the head. So... Oh, hmm. uh, maybe. I mean, they were really nailing the fact that he has a lot of um, a lot of enemies, and that the fact that Julia didn't post a guard. It could just be opportunistic, or maybe it was always supposed to be a murder. So, to which extent did he fuck up with Mans? Or maybe it's just the fact that he got caught by Juliet. Right. <laughs> That's possible too. Uh, yeah. Um, so, at the very least, we can pin same Sims. Uh, we can pin. The George Wilkins murders on Sims. Sims is somebody who's willing to murder, clearly. Um, <laughs> yeah, we see him do it, yes. <laughs> yeah. um, and, but we don't know if he was involved in the poisoning of the mayor. Logic would assume it is, but in the shows like this, um, if something seems obvious, but they haven't confirmed it, that, that means... Don't it, assume. Yeah, either. exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so, um, yeah, uh, I think... I keep thinking fucking Walker poisoned the mayor. They did show her they did show her giving her the tea. That's true. And they did know each other. Mm-hmm. I don't know. There's something there that's possible. It would definitely come out of left field, but maybe in a good way. Yeah. It'd be a good twist. Yeah. Yeah. But it took all, that would be uh, a very so slow acting question, poison okay, for no, her to go all no, the way back up I, to the top before she dies. So because that was like a day and a well, half. Well, I mean, it would be a pretty slow acting poison. Well, what he's suggesting is even slower because the the show showed us sharing water bottle on the way down to the bottom. That's true. So but maybe also, maybe they poison, think on the way back up they poison, poison on the mid, which is strychnine yeah. acts pretty quickly. What pretty quickly? <laughs> Just saying. Yeah. yeah. Well. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. I don't know. Um, I still think it's something implanted into them. Yeah. I still say it's something. Implanted. I think that's a really good um, bet, and maybe, I think maybe I think that's, that's what we'll find out from the doctor. Oh yeah, that's the another reason to get the doctor involved. Yeah. That is a, yeah, yeah. Like he might not know why. Like he might just say, "Oh, like uh, as a doctor, part of the secret you have to keep is we implement this thing to every adult people without telling." You know, no, they've made it clear that uh, he's he oversees births and babies. So like maybe they implant something at birth. True. Mm. Dangerous though. <laughs> yeah, bad. Like you put something in but... a baby, and then like it's supposed to last for life. <laughs> like that's dangerous. Uh, uh, okay. Um, Another thing is now we still have who know what and when. And um, that's what I'm saying. Like this conspiracy is becoming more realistic because Meadows might not know the whole pictures of what the fuck Sims is doing. He could be taking initiative. Like there's definitely conspiracy. And also like clearly Bernard is into the conspiracy to some extent, but he doesn't look like he know everything. Yeah, this episode made me really doubt whether he knows a lot. Like maybe he Hmm. thinks he knows more than he does kind of thing. Yes. Yeah. He knows, like, this is, uh, so I, I say realistic is because this is how it happened with real um, conspiracy. Let's face it, like, um, it usually happens when uh, in authoritarian regimes, like, I come from one, and then, you know, like, you I come from Burma, um, and you you see how it works. It's like, everybody know something's afoot, you know? Like, or, or everybody who bother looking into it. Like, right. nobody completely trust it. Like, nobody completely trust the Burmese junta. Here as well, right? Like, Sandy knows the judicial is spying on them. Sandy knows some, they're doing something. But nobody knows to what extent. The the line where it operates is like, if it is too shocking, these people just go, they wouldn't go that far. You know? Right. <laughs> 
Right. And then everybody know a little bit, a little bit, a little bit. And people who think they're part of the conspiracy thinks they're in. They're in on the conspiracy. So they don't question the rest. That's dangerous. You know? Right. <laughs> they're yeah, already in the inner cycle. Um, and then what happened is um, people inside the conspiracy itself start having sub-conspiracies of their own sometimes. Because in a dishonest system where dishonesty is part of the norm, it is impossible to have be dishonest as a group and not <laughs> not for the and just and stop yourself short of being dishonest with other people in the group you know that always happened with conspiracy well it's kind of like so that conversation that sims has with trumbull when he walks out of the janitorial closet whatever it is you can't see me doing air quotes um and he confronts uh trumbull about you know spying on him following him and and at first he's like yeah that shows initiative that sounds like you're really clever and you're really smart but also that's a lot of really in- bad insubordination um so like yeah he knows that there's gonna be some degree of dishonesty in everybody that knows anything because they yep. know that dishonesty is part of the yep. system so they're gonna try to play it yeah yep yep um uh, uh, and um right before we go on to the two rules about the pact we've learned, I have a theory about the janitorial closet. Okay. It's a lift. <laughs> that would make a lot of sense. Like actually. Remember they made they made they made up episode two or three where they were like, Sims, you're here already. You got here quick. Uh, like when he offered her the strawberries. They did, yeah, yeah. Anyway, so now we learned two major rules. So I feel a bit vindicated because uh, I think in episode one of our podcast for Silo, uh, you talk, uh, you joked about why there is no lift. And I said, that's probably intentional. And this clearly is. It's part of the pact. No mechanized um, uh, going up and down. Right. No, no way of lifts mecha- or elevator yeah. or escalators or anything like that. People must walk. And I think yep. you're right. That's basically just a way of controlling the masses to keep them from wanting to yep. to move from place to place, make it super inconvenient to do that. Um, yep. Yeah. And I think that's a second one. A little bit weirder. Yeah. Second one, a little bit weirder. No magnification of a past a certain level. Yeah. And it's a very very light level too like you can't go very far like you couldn't even put two magnifying glasses together like apparently juliet's mother did once and they had to destroy it um that's hardcore so that, like i said before like they don't know about bacteria if you know they've got nanobots everywhere they would have no way of knowing it but that's I think... what i was saying <laughs> that's my conspiracy theory fucking nanobots <laughs> because you got to think like what is the rationale behind that? What could they possibly be trying to hide at a nano scale? And that's the only easy answer. Um, yeah, yeah, that's all I got. <laughs> yeah, I, I still think um, what's on that? What's on that camera? What's on that camera? All right, so let's talk about random crap. <laughs> I like that how the this. the entirety of the previous episode was recapped in about ten seconds, and it feels like it covered everything. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, last episode is more of a character piece. No, I don't like. I don't. I I liked the last episode, but it was probably the weakest episode yeah. so far. But it was a big come down from the whole exciting engine breaking stuff from episode three. <laughs> yeah. And weirdly, then this episode doesn't actually yep. have its intro until like 17 minutes into the episode. It was so far along, I thought it was almost the end. I thought maybe this was the credits coming and it was just the intro. I'm like, what the hell? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It caught me off guard too. I'm like, oh, what a, what a late 
title <laughs> um it's at a weird place it's also <laughs> it is it's kind of like in the middle of something it, it feels really weird <laughs> it's like they uh, forgot to put it in and like oh we'll put it in right it, here <laughs> isn't it like uh isn't it when um juliet storm off to investigate man's murder or something like yeah i, I think, think it's it, after that i think it's even after that yeah i think it's um when she I was like, why didn't you guys put it after the funeral? Yeah, really. <laughs> that that was seems logical like logical. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, yeah, so that cliffhanger thing was uh, pretty funny because I was convinced that Mons wouldn't be dead. Um, so was I, because they didn't kill him and you yep. didn't see him die. And then they even immediately show you when his the dead body, body was yeah, his even body's when the body face was down. standing there. Yeah. Yeah. I was like I was like, maybe he put his jacket on. Like, I still didn't believe it. Like, maybe he put his jacket on the thing. Like, I thought once she looked at it, once she lifts the cover up, she's going to be like, oh, this is not Mars. <laughs> <laughs> um, but um, nope, he's dead. People are dropping like flies, pun intended, in this show. <laughs> There's a lot of characters who you think are going to be pretty major characters um, keep dying. I mean, I even theorized that Mars would run for mayor and become the mayor next nope dead <laughs> yeah uh, i think every single episode you've had at least one person die in every episode yeah yeah holston husband and wife might be dead might not be dead already and then we have the mayor mars george wilkins um this dog uh trumbull guy who else so many people dead already it's yeah, only it's been five episodes yeah i know <laughs> <laughs> who's next i say hank and walker's next I think Walker, oh, and the chances of Walker making it out of the season are almost zero, but um, Hank is a really good contender for the next person to die. Like he may just stumble into something. Yeah. But that I think is also at risk. Yeah. Now that we're starting to uh, like him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And also now that he's like, he, he's decided to come down on the side of Julian. Yeah. That's also why I think Bernard doesn't know as much as he does. I think he knows there are some conspiracy, like he knows he needs to delete thing, do do things like delete the thing, but I think he just told the line. I think his level of conspiracy is like, hey, judicial's really in charge. Like the sheriff's department isn't really in charge. Judicial's really in charge. You know, we the mayor isn't really in charge. Like we all need to just kowtow to judge matters. I think that's his level of conspiracy. But now he's like, well. You know, like Billings here as deputies, like um, judicial should be happy enough. Nickel uh, Juliet seems to be competent, so let's just keep her around. I think, so I think that's gonna come back and bite him in the ass. Yeah, I agree. I think, I think Bernard's do, days. Do are you remembered. think? Do you think Sims killed the mayor? Honestly, no, I don't. Um, but I don't know who did. I have no idea. Do you think Judge Meadows knows? Judge Meadows know enough to like care. Well, what they say about Judge Meadows so far is true. Like she cares about order enough to be like, hey, don't, let's not talk about the, the um, dog tumble trouble thing. You know, like let's <laughs> pave it over. That's true. But mm, does she know? Like, or is Sims I think she knows who killed book? the mayor. I do think she knows who killed the mayor because I don't think they would try to act in such a conspiratorial manner if they didn't actually know what happened. Like they would have to have some level of information to proceed yeah. apace, you know? Um, yeah. But I don't know if, like, they actually initiated it or if they just know what happened and are trying to cover it up. I don't know the answer to that question, and I could believe either. And my question is, Burnett come up with a cover story, what he uh, what he stated is a cover story for Maya and Mons, which is actually is the truth. Like, they, they did fall in love. They are two servants of the silo who fell in love later in life. Um, yeah, and I don't think anybody that... who was in the room when Marnes like had his flip out and broke the chair would 
question that. I think everybody in that room knew it at that moment. That yeah, he was totally in love with her. Does he know it because he is part of the uh, uh, observation? Like he's he is he is he part of the spy? Like is that his level? Because he's the head of IT. So is his role in the conspiracy? What little he knows is judicial secretly in charge. We're spying on everybody. Does he like? Is it not really a cover story? He just saw the real story and he think it would make a good cover story. <laughs> I don't know if it goes that deep. Um with him, his character, I think he's just used to uh, manipulating information. So I don't think, I mean, I think he knows that the truth works better than a, a total fiction. Like there has to be some sprinkle of truth to it. And I, I think he runs with that, but like whether or not he knows how much is going on with judicial and what the spying and conspiracy and all that, I don't, I don't really know. I don't think he knows a lot. Okay. And he was he was close enough to both the mayor and Marnes and had known them for years. He probably strongly suspected that for a very long time. Um, yeah, that's true. Um, and to cap it off, um, the way I'm seeing the conspiracy right now about the silo in general, there has to be something outside that is actually dangerous, or is somebody uh, is somebody is misinterpreting as dangerous? I don't think this is an experiment. I don't think we're being these people are being kept in here for no reason, but I think it's it's somebody is taking their in, uh, initiative away from that. I think what's out there is complicated. It can't be paradise because the way this show is written so far, I will be very surprised and disappointed if it turns out that outside is fine. Somebody just decided to keep these people in here for power, you know. No, I you know agree. I, I, mean? I do think there has to be something weird going on outside more than yeah. just yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. There has to be, and even maybe if, it is nanobots. If... <laughs> maybe nanobots over yeah. on the Earth. <laughs> <laughs> the great, the gray goo problem. The gray goo problem. Right. <laughs> um, maybe, maybe outside is like like uh, livable but risky, and maybe this is just somebody who's making th- that decision for them. You know. Um, also, are we even on Earth? What's that W-shaped star? <laughs> <laughs> that could be anything. <laughs> you can make constellations out of anything. <laughs> this is true. This is true. And they do. And yep. now we have to put up with everybody talking about zodiac signs. Ugh, nonsense. Uh, um, yeah, no, try try dating. <laughs> <laughs> no, thank you. I'm done with zodiac that. signs. Uh, <laughs> the bane of my existence. Um <laughs> Okay, so anything else you want to talk about before we wrap it up and get excited about the next episode? I did want to highlight that action scene again because I thought it was really well uh, put together. It was really well storyboarded, um, and the, the 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 like the mixing of effect shots with practical. Like you you see Juliet chasing Trumbull down, and then you pan down and you see the people racing up, and you get a really clear geometry of the scene. And then in close ups, it still gets a little shaky cam, and you still have a little bit of like not entirely sure what's happening in the moment, but you have a idea of what the whole geometry is and what's happening. Um, And I think that is not to be underestimated. That is really hard to pull off. And I think this episode does a really good job of it. Um, Yeah. Yeah. It's almost seamless. So the only times where like you notice the effects is when like you point straight down or straight up and you see like all the way into the bowel of the silo or all the way to the top, then it's obvious that's an effect. Like you can't get away from that no matter what you do. Even if it looked perfectly real, it would still look like an effect because obviously that's not real. Um, well, 
I also want to um, give kudos for one little thing that um, I think might be significant. In the previous episodes, whenever we see that that George Wilkins left in the shot, um, it's uh, Juliet is looking at it or even touching it, standing next to it. Um, you know, um, looking down. You know, you know the thing on the um, oh the the, the, the dent. that cover right, one right. of the yeah yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, this is the in this is the first episode in when he she goes back down below. That thing is in the shot. She walks straight past it. She doesn't turn and look at it. I think this is supposed to significant uh, to show significance in her character development. That no, and also in the yeah, cinema, still chasing. Also in the cinematography, like it's it's actually behind. Yeah. You can't really see the dent. You just know that yeah. it's there because there's a little bit of a void. But it's not like making. It's not highlighting it. You're yeah. not seeing it like you would in the previous episode. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, she's still chasing his killer, and I think like that's not that's nothing other super unhealthy about wanting to find out the truth about what really happened. But like in taking pride in solving two murders, and like she's saying like, "Hey, like I solved two murders, they trust me," you know. And then she even joked that she's like, "Don't talk about the rebellion in front of the sheriff." <laughs> <I'm> sheriff, <yeah. laughs> <laughs> to a point where Walker like, "Are you kidding me?" <laughs> uh, the way she said, "Are you kidding me?" I think Walker is like might be have an in on the rebellion somewhat. Uh, I mean, she does love making illegal radios. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I think it's time to show that um, she's settling into the role of sheriff for itself. Like she now she's like she it, deep down she just want to help people, right? That's her characteristic, and she's trying to realize that she is helping people. No, like I said, she she and, she's a true believer yeah. in unity, and I think she's only just now realizing yeah. it. Um, yeah, and she's moving past the murder in a, from the emotionally pain state. She's only pursuing it as something she needs to solve now. Right, that's that's significant. I think. I also have and a theory a good about. I also have a theory about Martha that like she knows something or did. Why'd you say that name? <laughs> Damn it! Sorry, um, I can never stop. <laughs> I know, I know, I do it too. <laughs> um. I think that she either knows something or did something where she had to, she would been given a choice, either go hide in yeah. her closet for the rest of her life or walk outside. And she obviously chose the former. Um, and I think that the, yeah. that's why she knows everybody. She knows all the players and she knows a lot of what's going on and she's able to have her pirate radio and everybody seems to know about it. Um, I think that they're just keeping her down there to keep her out of the loop, like, or not out of the loop, but out of, so she's not a problem. She's just out of the way. That's what I was trying to say. I I still think she's Judge Meadows' ex. That's my theory. It's possible. Which I mean, now that we definitely know she that, be put away. Yeah, we definitely yeah. know that her ex was not uh, Juliet's mom, even though they knew each other. Yeah, they, yeah obviously. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So I think that's it for the episode. I'm excited for the next episode. Um, hopefully, um, we can. Because of circumstances in our lives, for next episode, we're going to have to record it a little bit earlier, and hopefully it drops earlier. Um, so it's going to be like a very late night, Friday night uh, recording for me. You might uh, be graced with uh, slightly drunk Lynn, because it is my birthday <laughs> week. <laughs> and, and I say that as a warning for the, the audience and Eric. <laughs> it's going to be so funny for Eric, because he's going to have to he's gonna have to record it first thing he wake up, and I might be drunk. <laughs> And I'll have only watched the episode one, so I won't be able to go quite as in-depth as I usually do. Um, and if Lynn is drunk, maybe the episode will only be like half an hour long. We'll see. <laughs> or maybe it'll be like three hours long. We'll see. Come on this journey with us. <laughs> All right. Until then, this has been The Streaming Heat, and I've been Lynn. And I've been Eric, and life is but a stream.
<laughs> I once had a guy point at my hair in a lift and laugh. I'm like, okay. <laughs> and, then, and then when he left, he was like, thanks, that made my day. And I'm like, you made my day weird because I can't tell if that was an insult. Or <laughs> There's a lot of jokes out there.